Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Hello, happy Friday. How are we today? Uh, pretty good. It's been cold. Yeah. <laughs> and that, and I've been alone and cold, so <laughs> the cold is not good. Also, I fully recognize that everybody on the East Coast should be screaming. They're in a I blizzard, Taylor. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. But it's like chilly here, okay? And then I'm like, I'm just inside alone, cold. So, and nobody told me that Venice was cold. Nobody said a goddamn word about it, <laughs> <laughs> including you, Alyssa. <laughs> You're um, like, yeah, move to the west side. It'll be fun. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, I'm so sorry. You should get a sweater or something. Um, it'll warm up and then you can, you'll be so glad you're at the beach and not in, you know, the valley in like 110 degree weather. Okay. You're right. Okay. You're right. You're <laughs> I'm right. glad we resolved that. Um, so it didn't take very long for, uh, someone on Southern Charm to confirm that A-Rod is the XMLV player and I'm so psyched about it. Because you were right. Yes. Um, so what happened this week? Everyone was losing their mind. Uh, Danny went on a podcast and basically threw Madison straight under the bus and said she had heard that he was FaceTiming with Madison. And then Madison came out and said they'd not done anything physical. It was just like, you know, chit-chatting for fun and liking sexy bikini pics, I guess, Ooh. allegedly, <laughs> uh, which seems hilarious. I don't know why A-Rod would waste his time doing that, but okay. (laughs) And then um, Kristen Cavallari, I think, posted a video of herself working out to a J-Lo song and then, you know, sort of clapped back at people saying that she was being shady, which is so funny to me because she obviously was being shady. (laughs) Um, And then, oh, right. And then A-Rod and J-Lo posted a video of themselves driving in a car I don't know what the intent of this was because it kind of just made J-Lo look like she was losing her mind. But she was like air drumming really hard to is someone getting the best of you by the Foo Fighters or whatever. Or the best of you, I guess, is what that song is called. Um, So, yeah, it seems like Bravo has like fully broken the A-list celebrity universe, which I really love a lot. Yeah, it's really it's just really spreading out. And I was saying to you before we started recording in this situation, I don't feel like bad for anybody. I'm just perplexed (laughs) and everyone seems to be participating in it in a really crazy level. Like this real this J-Lo thing. She really lost any rights to anybody being like she's a victim too. she's also being wild. I don't understand also i don't the first person and only person to blame is a rod and at some point and we'll talk about this when we talk about summer house aren't don't you guys get too busy to do this shit (laughs) how is a rod like fucking guesting on shark tank and like in the background of all of j-lo's documentaries dancing and supporting her and still finding time to facetime madison from southern charm And I don't understand how many hours are in a day for a man like that. Yeah, I guess my thing about that would be like there's probably a lot of like pretty cute women around him just randomly all the time. Um, And so to go out of your way to talk to somebody or whatever you guys were doing um, on a very like public platform, basically, she's on a reality show. Like, why wouldn't you just hook up with like hot hot PA girl on Shark Tank or whatever. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that's not a, not like glamorous enough, but I'm sure there's hot women around A-Rod yeah. all the time that are more and convenient for him. FaceTiming? Like, I don't... Like, FaceTiming's awkward. You're going to FaceTime a girl to, like, flirt with her and ask her to do what? Like, I don't... I don't get it. Like, he it has kids and shit. Sense. Like, he, what is he, like, whispering in, like, his mansion or something? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, a couple people were saying like maybe they have an open relationship, and then we followed Demois, and like there was like a million uh, anonymous items from flight attendants who have worked on flights with JLo and A-Rod. Allegedly, she like requests all male uh, attendants when <sighs> she's flying with him and like women are no. not allowed to look her in the eye. All those things I would take with a grain of salt because they're not always right, but there were quite a few of them. So take that oh for what you will. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I just love that this mania has gone on for like a week and a half and it's all over a show that probably most people don't watch, to be honest with you. Yeah, right? It's yeah. And it's funny that it's all coming out at the very end of the season. Like, I wonder if Andy is just kicking himself. Like, well, great. <laughs> now we have to wait so long before a new... But hey, as I found out, there's plenty of seasons for you guys to go back and watch and it's very delicious. Um, I liked... Speaking of Madison, and we talk about it in today's interview, I really thought it was cool that Madison was like, I got a mommy makeover. Here's all the surgeries I got. And I yeah. Like, Thank you for saying that. I think that that's great because everybody's paying attention to specifically how hot you are right now. Like, how <laughs> hot is this girl of Southern Charm for A-Rod to fuck shit up with a goddess? And it's like, damn, she is hot. And she's like, and I, I got some professional help. Thank you very much. It's like, great. At least this honesty I appreciate. Yeah, I feel like she, I, I, I feel like the, you know, a lot of people have been conflicted about Madison. I really enjoyed watching Andy. I think Andy loves people who fuck, you know, like he, <laughs> he's just like all for being single and sexy and like hooking up with whomever you can. Cause I think a lot of his personal life is like that. And he was very much like backing Craig off of her and like trying to be like, what's the problem? You know? Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed that color on him. Cause usually he's a little bit more impartial. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's true. What did you think about how everything wrapped up? I did. <laughs> I have to say, as much as we hate these guys and think they're probably the worst men on Bravo, I did enjoy, you know, seeing like Austin scream like, I have my beer everywhere, Madison. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah, them just really spiraling and Madison having, like, her perfect posture while staring at them did not do a good job of convincing me she wasn't such a life ruiner. Like, every time they were screaming, they were like, you're ruining his life. She did have such poise that it kind of made me question if she was. I was like, you're really scary looking and beautiful when you do that. So maybe you could ruin my life. Um, but yeah, I did get a good kick of, out of that, but I just, I just can't help but feel like this cast is the one cast of Bravo that I just like don't want to hang out with. Even oh in no. my most desperate of quarantine loneliness. I'm like, I'll pass. I think I'll pass on yeah. that. Um, but yeah, and I just was so judgmental about drunk they were getting. <laughs> so like, keep it cool, you guys. Um, but I think that it was really nice to see. And we talked a little bit about this, like, in a, a couple episodes ago. Like, Leva getting to have a moment of really, of appreciation from the rest of the cast. And yeah. to be spotlighted by the show as somebody who, like, was given a lot of responsibility that they didn't necessarily ask for this season. And she handled it with grace and was managing all of the relationships and I think a really that we're in a tricky, precarious place in a really smart and, like, ultimately kind way. Um, the Catherine and her apology, like, you know, sort of off-camera between takes, I thought she also handled that very well. Because, listen, Catherine being like, I'm not good with words is such a cop-out, and it's as true as it could be and could be part of your apology. You can't just, like, lead with, like, well, I don't, I'm not like you. I'm not good with words. Like, that's part of your privilege is that you think you don't have to be. Uh, but I, I think just still I Leva genuinely think like Catherine about, you know, 10 minutes before that in the reunion said, oh, yeah, now that I'm in this new relationship, I understand what people are talking about when they say like it should be a partnership. Like I genuinely and this is not an excuse. I'm just saying I think these people have like way more work to do than we could ever man like imagine. Um, mm. I think that they are just too dumb to understand anything Leva is talking about 
Yeah. Like when she was saying you have inherent bias, I'm like, there is no way Catherine knows what that means. There's just absolutely Mm -hmm. no way. And Mm -hmm. so I I think in to the best of their ability, I guess it was nice to see a real moment that where Catherine was like trying to apologize. You know, does that give her a pass for everything? No. Do we want to see more actions from her and more growth? Absolutely. But I think just for Leva, it was nice for her to get that moment where people were like, I finally get what you're trying to say. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Anywho. Anywho. Uh, could we get into Summer House? Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is like the first season you're watching as it's happening, right? Yes. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I completely didn't know anything. I watched a bunch of like clips and highlights and trailers when we did our episode on it last year and was like, this seems like a big clusterfuck of fun. Um, and it didn't let me down. (laughs) I would say though, I was like this, I had the exact opposite feeling of Southern charm where I was like, I want to go to the Hamptons and hang out with these people, even though the girls are all so much hotter than me. I, I know that this is going to put me on my like, fuck all fuck boys soapbox (laughs) for the rest of the season, because this Luke and Hannah thing, which has clearly been going on for a long time, but I'm new to the party uh really really grinds my gears because we see like they come they all plan on spending the summer together they all show up and hannah's like i've been talking to luke every day and i was like oh that's a bad sign that is not good (laughs) the guy who's not your boyfriend and you're talking to him every day on the phone and she immediately gets fucked over and totally embarrassed when she's like and he's on his way he's gonna be here any minute and then he calls us like i'm not gonna be there any minute and i'm coming with the hottest girl you've ever seen (laughs) and she's also a nurse (laughs) and she's also a nurse and i was like this is the worst so I was all in the fields because of that, and I think I uh, I apologize in advance to all of you wonderful listeners out there who are boys. I don't hate all of you, but I hate this behavior so, so much. I I'll say it. that Summer House, like, every single guy has done this. Kyle, Carl, all of them. And they it's, like, such a – I find myself every season being, like, who's the one guy whose side I can get on? And they make it so hard for you. And so – I really feel like watching the both sides of this behavior is so informative to women. Like watching Hannah get that text message at the end of the night where he calls her burn dog. Like I can just put myself in that position where mm. I'm like, oh my God, she's putting so much meaning on this. She's thinking like, yeah, he's with this girl that he brought, but like secretly he wants to be talking to me at the end of the night. And like mm-hmm. we've been talking every day and he probably hasn't been talking to this other girl every single day. And you just fucking see that totally obliterated because he texts both of them. And like what I really think we need to take away from this situation as grown women. No, you're (laughs) right. It should be a master class. When we are in these, you know, love triangle situations, I feel like in my experience, I've driven myself crazy trying to like unpack what What's what does it mean? How does he feel like all that stuff? It's so simple. It's that men just don't give a fuck. They will just text whoever and whichever one is the one dumb enough to end up in their lap. That's what's happening. Like, that's literally all that it is. It doesn't have anything to do with feelings. It's just like, who do I feel like fucking tonight? That's it. (laughs) And I feel so bad for Hannah that she's like putting more emotional stakes in this situation. And I have certainly done that, which is why I'm talking like I'm a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) No, we've been there. It's also, it's so sad to think you get this text message. And if you're Hannah, you do exactly what she just did in this scene, which is just like completely dissect it and like stay up all night thinking about it and feel so and have all these feelings. He sent that text message after a four and a half second impulse yes and maybe one sentence of an inner monologue thought like he doesn't he's not thinking about this he's not calculated he's not considerate he doesn't care but he will send a text that will then like ruin your mental real estate for days (laughs) like absolutely it's the only thing you're gonna think about and i Again, with the A-Rod thing, I'm always, whenever I was in the situation, I would always protect myself by being like, well, who, like, who would go to bed texting more than one girl? That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And there's also not enough time in the day. Like, (laughs) this this guy is so 
busy and talented. Like, there's just not enough time that he could be doing that. There is. To watch that footage of Luke, like, sitting on the bed and just being like, and his little thumbs <laughs> typing away and then flirting with two girls at the same time within a matter of seconds, I was like, there is enough time in the day, you fuck. That's crazy. I just oh, love, like, I will say, um, the second they found out on speakerphone in front of everyone in the house that, like, Luke was bringing some hot girl that he's been hanging out with who he won't even like say that it's a girl because he knows Hannah's yep. there. Like Paige immediately goes before hearing anymore. Okay, Luke gets the shittiest room. And I'm like, that's a good friend. That's a really nice friend <laughs> to handle that situation. <laughs> I don't it's know, man. True. I really feel like very, I feel, I feel for Hannah because I've totally fucking been there. And I just feel like we should all understand that if the actions are not matching the words then it is what it is and you gotta cut ties and find someone else to sleep with for sure yeah that is it is just really rough to watch it's also so funny that like danielle made out with luke at like a new year's eve party and like nobody was mad about it (laughs) no that yeah because the bar is on the floor she's like that's not even that bad but like and it's like girl you gotta fuck this guy and the I'm sorry, I don't care if he's a hot lumberjack from Minnesota. He's, he's not. He's a dickwad, and he's not that hot. No one is hot enough to just, like, ruin your life like that. No. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, I'm excited for really this season. This is really going to spiral us into a lot of these moments, I think, for the rest of the pod. I'm like, listen, 22-year-olds, let me teach you a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> like, line up. Okay, give me your phone. I'm just, like, running, like, fucking Cadet Kelly, like, fuckboy boot camp. I'm like, do not respond. (laughs) It's okay. Everyone's happy and in good relationships. You'll make it out alive. Don't worry. (laughs) We're going to be okay. Um, Do we want to talk about Atlanta? Yes. Okay. We're watching in Atlanta a really great uh, girls trip that they had, (laughs) Kenya had planned that she's just being the worst host ever. And normally it's a, it's a real, it runs hot and cold when someone on Bravo decides to be the host of a trip and they're either like super phenomenal and have everything planned to a T and everything is great and you get like an amazing gift or you're doing what Kenya does and you're the rudest person in the world who's just pretending that you're the host. And after flying herself there with LaToya on a private jet, making everybody else take a bus, she ordered herself, you guys, through Uber Eats, one crab cake to eat in front of the entire house of her quote-unquote guests while they're starving. They're like, we're so, so hungry. And she's like, well, I arranged a dinner for later today. Like, later in this, and there's groceries in the fridge, I think. And she fully devours a crab cake and has no, like, doesn't see how that's the rudest thing in the world and it's just the funniest food item she could have gotten to do this. Like, I, I can't imagine being, like, if you're going to be rude and order food and eat it in front of everybody, a crab cake. Can you think of a funnier option? <laughs> the best part is that these women I will not stand for this shit. And so they're like, give me those fries. Yeah, I want a bite of your crab cake. Like, they're yeah. just not going to let her have it in peace. It's so fun. Like, I was just thinking about, I was like, how much enjoyment are they really getting out of one bite of a crab cake? You know, like, there's 10 of them. But they're just like, no, like, on principle, you're rude. So I'm going to eat this. Which is what you would do with your better friends. Like, if I wasn't as good, like, I would do that to you. I'd be like, Alyssa, what the fuck? fuck you got this fucking crap but if you're not as close then you go to another room and you're like i can't believe that Alyssa got that crab cake that's so rude of her but if you're like real friends you'd be like give me a fry bitch that was so selfish what you just did i will say like if i was in a situation where i wasn't the person planning the trip and then people did a bad job planning the trip i would have absolutely no problem getting food delivered like if there was like no lunch and it was everyone fend for yourself and people were trying to cook in the kitchen i would be like i'm just gonna order takeout this is taking too long but the fact that she was the person who should have set up the meals is like so insane (laughs) (laughs) she's like what there's raw meat in the fridge it's like oh god Yeah, I thought that was that was pretty, pretty great. Wait, what did you think of Drew signing the headshot for Latoya? Oh, that was sassy. I loved it. I was very scared when she was like, actually, I have something for you. I was like, oh, no, what is this going to be? And the signing headshot gift. She was like, I guess you're just obsessed with me. So here's a headshot. 
should I, I want to find an opportunity for me to do that to somebody. I honestly, I was watching that and I was like, I really feel like this is how Taylor would deal with this situation. Like, oh, since you're such a fan and you're keeping such close track of my hair, here's a headshot. This is what I, I do for my fans. Like, I, I love that. I wish. I know that would, I'm going to put that in my back pocket. I also think it's the, the like even funnier option is just to come in with it already signed. Like you have a box of signed headshots that you just like give out to people. Like this person is even a special enough to watch watch you sign it you're just like here's one of the many that I have in my car for fans like you do people have like printed headshots still oh yeah you know what's sad about it is like it's so crazy how quickly it went from like you need you always need to have headshots on you and you need to have like a thousand and they were so expensive there was just like such a fucked up like weird monopoly in LA where like you couldn't just go print a single headshot you had to get like 200 and it cost like a thousand dollars and it was crazy And then the culture started to change a little bit, like right after I ordered like 500 headshots of casting offices being like, we're going green. We don't want your headshot anymore. And I'm like, so what am I going to, I kid you not. And now obviously there's going to be no in-person auditions for the rest of my life. (laughs) When we moved, I found maybe 250 headshots and I don't like, what am I going to do with them? I took six of them and I hid them in Tony's office (laughs) in different places. (laughs) And I'm thinking about using them as like a holiday card at the end of the year of just like writing a little letter, like <laughs> mailing out a bunch of my headshots. Great. Because they were expensive. And ugh, so that's my that's my headshot rant. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Also, they age so quickly, you know, like you're supposed to have like current yeah. whatever. So it's like, OK, I have 150 from three years ago. That doesn't help me. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. I have so many with red hair. I have so many with brunette hair and like there's still a style to them so you have to like keep up with whatever the like in fad is like of bright colors in the background doing them outside doing them like more serious with studio lighting and so it ends up even if you look the same they look dated just by like the style that you chose so it's it's just an absolute clusterfuck it's my dream like the day I don't have to keep doing them like you've made it your (laughs) offer only that's that's like when you get your offer only you don't have to have a fucking headshot you paid an arm and a leg for offer and, only and, means and for people who don't you know who don't know that it means they <laughs> you can't even audition them if you want them in your thing you have to just say like you get the part if you want it basically. yeah you have to ask you have to yeah. offer it and be uh-huh. like would you like to please oh my god imagine no auditions I, uh, speaking of i had an audition this week for a commercial where i was supposed to be the character was a dog walker and they were like and if you have a dog use your dog in the commercial you guys i was an actual dog dog walker and Fredo is the cutest dog in the world it's just a fact so if I don't book this commercial I think I'm going to quit acting forever oh perfect. like <laughs> how how I was like this pressure is so on I'll be so my ego is gonna be absolute but that's that in a nutshell is acting that's professional acting as being like auditioning for something that you are and then somebody being like we're going in a different direction yeah no that's I mean I feel like that's the same way for staffing where they're just like oh oh, do you, we need someone who plays basketball in three games a week. And I'm like, me, right here. And they're like, mm, but blonde, not brunette. And I'm like, what does that have to do with writing? <laughs> um, yeah, you deserve that. I want you to be, I want you to have like the AT&T commercial, like a uh, level of money from, you know, just rerunning ads about like, you know, specials for dog food. That's, that's yes. great. Because that's how that's you make money. That's what I want. That is how you make money. That is it. Uh. So everybody cross your fingers for me, please. And then everybody's going to be like, no, you said you were cold in Venice. Fuck off. I hope you don't book it. <laughs> this this conversation has taken a real turn. <laughs> um, let's talk about what you wanted to talk about on Salt Lake City. Oh, How about that? Oh, my God. All right. Story time. Salt Lake City opens with uh, Heather setting up her party at the beauty lab for like a big premiere. And she's like, I just want everything perfect. I have a red carpet. And they were like, yeah, we have the stanchions and like the velvet ropes. And she was like, the fucking what? And they were like the stanchions, like the the metal things that like hold a velvet rope together when you're on a red carpet or there's some fancy event. And she was like so blown away that that had a word. And I realized that I learned or thought I learned that word in college when we would uh, in the theater department, everybody would like have to take turns being ushers for the shows. 
and you would have to bring out the stanchions and the velvet rope. And I remember having my Heather moment where someone said to me, these are the stanchions and you have to bring them out. And I was like, oh, interesting. Now I know what this word is. That's that's fun. And like showed it off for a bit. And I've like called them that many, many occasions, except I realized watching this episode, I've been calling them scansions. Oh, no. With a C. <laughs> since 2014 so i did learn the word but i learned it wrong and i've used it incorrectly in front of like god knows how many people while trying to show off the fact that i know that word and so the fact that there was a whole scene about heather being blown away by the word stanchions really blew my mind on a couple of uh on a couple of levels and I wonder how many words are like that that I say that are just absolutely wrong. I wonder but. why nobody said that's not the word to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe I said it so believably or so fast. People are like, did she say scansions instead of stanchions? That's so anyway. Funny. But I th- yeah. And, and then, yeah. What else are people not correcting me about? I'll correct you. If I hear you say something yeah. like that, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I think you mean this. <laughs> Yeah, you and Tony will check me for sure. Mike and I could probably have a whole conversation where 40% of what we're saying is wrong and we wouldn't tell the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but that was my that was my big thing from, from Salt Lake. I thought it was a fun episode, but that was really my only talking point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of fun little moments in there. Obviously, Mary's church was like the the people in the in the choir were I was scared for them like I would love if someone could go check in and make sure if it's okay but I think we're gonna get into all that in the reunion so we'll save that conversation for I'm looking forward to the reunion because I also feel like Mary just kind of got like yeah uh, elbowed in there at the end like we just didn't have a lot of footage of her she wasn't like with the group even the last the very last shot they were like trying to do this trick where they were pretending she was standing with the group and she wasn't. So I think the, uh, the reunion will be fun to finally have them all in the same room. Um, but yeah. And then very quickly, I, you had a funny observation about 90 day fiance. Oh yeah. Just that. I love that these like Ukrainian women, (laughs) their like emotional, um, leverage is that they'll go out shopping with their significant other. Like they're in a store to buy a rug or to buy plates and, uh, you know, just random salesperson will be like, hey, what are you guys shopping for? And they'll be like, a wedding. And then <laughs> they'll be like, oh, great. Are you are you engaged? When's your date? Like, you know, normal, nice questions for like small talk while you're shopping. And they'll be like, no, he will not give me my ring back. And you're like, wait. <laughs> and then it's like a full blown argument between the two of them uh, in front of this innocent salesperson who's probably making like. 10 bucks an hour uh but now they're like national stars on tv um and yeah, you pointed out that that happened with the henna person as well when oh, um what's her face poor was henna girl yeah yara yara was like i want to get a henna tattoo fully not knowing what henna even was she was like what is this how long does it last and i was like then how did you know you what what are you talking about and then sits down and in front of this poor henna artist, like, confesses to Jovi that he's pregnant, who reacts in the most insane, horrifying yeah. way. And this poor henna artist just has to keep doing this, like, design on her hand and, like, <laughs> side glancing at the camera, like, what the fuck is going on? I do think that this, that what you're talking about, this phenomena, I really want to believe that it's organic from these women because... They are alone so much. Yeah. Like they are fucking by themselves constantly. I think that we've seen that the crew is really, really hands off. And at least when they're shooting, like really don't engage with the with any of them. And so when they do go into a store and they are told to talk to a clerk, they're like, please, God, I need some support. Like, I need some help. He has not picked a wedding date. I don't know what I'm doing. And they're like, I just work in an antique shop in Indiana. I don't I don't really know how to help you. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we Very love you, silly. ladies. I, uh, I would do I really, really want to do anything to get Julia on this podcast. <laughs> Which I also think would be funny because she's a little difficult to understand. So not having the benefit of like watching her face might be difficult, but I would do anything to have her on here. I want to ask her so many questions about Brandon and his <laughs> leaves. 
Um, <laughs> this week we did our bachelor thoughts on um, Trust the Bachelor process with our friends Alex and Sarah Franklin, who we have a bracket going with. Um, and we had them on a couple episodes ago. So if you guys want to hear our bachelor takes for this week, you can check out that podcast episode. We, we only talked about that show over there. So it's like pretty in depth more than yeah. usual. <laughs> Uh, And then our interview for this week is super fun. It is a show that's been very aggressively trending, Bling Empire on Netflix. And then we have the Dana Kathan, who you guys know from Vanderpump Rules and her podcast, uh, came by to unpack it with us. And we also get into like some really, really interesting talk about just like beauty bullshit and standards. And uh, we learn a lot. It's pretty fun. Uh, enjoy. Her hair's a mess, and if she's not using the right product, maybe that's the problem with her. <gasps> she has a penis pump. Why does she have a penis pump in the shower? Okay, you guys, you know her from Vanderpump Rules and her fucking amazing podcast, Unfuck Withable, with Dana Kathan. I am very stoked to welcome back to the pod the one and only Dana. Thank you for joining us. Oh my goodness. I am so glad to be back. I actually was like, they're never going to have me on again because I was such a chatty <laughs> fucking Kathy last time. So I'm, I'm honored to be back. Oh no, we need you back and we need you to be a chatty Kathy because there's a lot to dish about this show. You guys we've we're we're talking about bling empire and there's a lot to say (laughs) there's a lot to say so can you describe uh, you know basically just a a pitch of what this show is for anybody who has been living under a rock and not seen it on netflix lately of course i would like to preface by saying i watched this in one sitting because that's why bb (laughs) says like i truly have no self-control with tate's cookies and with reality shows that are on netflix like gotta do the whole thing so bling empire people wouldn't shut up about it obviously on social media and i was like what the fuck is this is it i thought it was like a like a scripted show or something Mm -hmm. and um turns out it's a reality show when it opens one of the characters, the main characters, I can't remember his name. So you guys are going to have to remind me of names. But he basically says their group of people are crazy rich Asians in real life. Like that's how they would describe <laughs> them. It's all these people with a ton of money. Some of them are billionaires. They all have money from different ways. There's um, it, Kevin is the new hot one, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So yes. new hot Kevin comes in and he's kind of <laughs> doofy and he doesn't, he doesn't come from money. So he is really enamored by their world and the way that they flaunt their money. And there's all these dynamics. There's hierarchy in the group. I love watching it clash. Like there's a whole fucking fight that we're going to get into about a necklace that I'm so, <laughs> so confused about. And it is just wild to see. Oh, and a penis pump, which we're definitely going to unpack. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. about their extravagant lifestyles. Fuck it. That's that's now I'm like, I want to watch it again. <laughs> I know. And you know wait, before we even get into it, I was reading about uh, about Bling Empire and there was an interview with Christine who said that originally when the show was being developed, she was approached as it was going to be a reality show focused on multi-generational Asians of different ethnic groups living their lives in L.A. And then the show completely pivoted after the worldwide success of Crazy Rich Asians. (laughs) And, like, all of the planning went out the window, and they're like, oh, we just want you to be really rich. And she was like, oh, okay. So that's that's just, like, the whole – that's the whole thing now. And they're like, yeah, yeah, just everything that makes you super, super rich, which – they really nailed. Let's, yes, can we start with the very first piece of drama that we get into this season is that there is a high, high-end high jewelry, like, fight where Christine and Anna Shea, who is this very rich woman because her dad made, like, weapons of mass destruction, <laughs> uh, which is, they, like, really glide over that pretty Yeah, quickly. we're like, what? It's like, wait a minute. That's okay. Uh, And they both fight over how they have this necklace. It's this huge diamond necklace that you like keep in a bank when you're not wearing it. And like it's a faux pas to show it off to people like I don't get I don't get could we what what is like high-end jewelry politics I, I don't understand I think it's like because she knew Anna owned it it's rude to wear it to her event and Anna I feel like actually did herself a favor by being like I don't really care that she has the same necklace as me but I do care that she's trying to start shit about it that was like yeah. the right way to read that situation and so then Christine gets moved to like the loser end of the table <laughs> at like one of the most extravagant dinner parties you've ever seen. But I have a bone to pick with Anna. Table setting, beautiful. LED candlesticks, not cool. You got to do no. real fire. 
Yeah, what the hell? You're that wealthy and you can't just buy new candlesticks every time you have yeah. a dinner party? I was like, that was strange. I also didn't – I okay, so I'm also poor, so I don't know those dynamics, but I'm like <laughs> – if you end up having the same thing as your friend, and especially if you wore it on the same night, they, they didn't even wear it on the same night. It's just like she had it and she wore it. You would laugh about it and be like, oh, my God, we have the same necklace or whatever clothing item. And I just did not understand why it was such a BFD that they both owned it and she showed up at her house. It was like her trying to like big dick energy, Anna, like she was like trying to like show like I'm this wealthy I have all the same things as you were on the same level. And then Anna was like, bitch, we're actually not because now you're at this side of the table, which is the lower level. <laughs> and I was like, also, I mean, I would I would just use that to my advantage and just make best friends with everyone around me and be like, ah, I'm having the best time at the end of this table. And like, oh, yeah, she that's was the best play. For she sure. was a bummer. Like she was really upset that she got stuck at the other end. The necklace also Looks like it's from Claire's. It does. Am I wrong? It's, yeah, I it's agree. literally like multicolored like flowers. I had that <laughs> when I was six years old from Claire's, direct from Claire's. Like they're putting on a front. That is not a. And if it is, again, I just don't understand that concept. And maybe I read something once that was like, if you don't understand the cost of something, it's probably not for you. And I'm like, preach, because that's probably a house <laughs> that I could be having. But um, yeah, I didn't think it was that great. I also, I, that, because we're talking about the party that Anna threw, Christine threw shade on Anna for the, the, like, party favor was, like, a, a, like, diamond paperweight or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the first party that Christine threw, the, the party favor was literally, (laughs) like, an orphan. Like, it was, like, truly a huge, like, everybody got to, like, sponsor, like, a child in another country. That was the gift. They were like, like, congratulations, you've all adopted a child that is less fortunate in a less fortunate country. And it was like, I mean, that's, I mean, I thought that that was thoughtful because they're trying to give back and do something good in the world. So I'm kind of like, that makes, that's really nice gesture as opposed to, like, something like diamonds. But it's also at the same time, like, that's wild. Like it's so wild. It's so it's the grandest thing. And I would feel so there's as much as it's on paper, the nice charitable thing to do. There is something I would find so gross about going to like a ball and like leaving with being like, oh, I guess I I now me going to that party sponsors an orphan. now. It's like weird to not just be like we made a donation to this charity that like to individually gift everyone a specific child that they now are supporting. You get a baby and you get a baby and you get a baby. (laughs) Also, just bringing it up so many times. I just it's like, yeah, I'm sure Anna's also donated to charities before. Like I she's just not giving it away as part of a party favor. Right. Very bizarre. Um, One thing that I really noticed about the show that I get a real kick out of is that, and I think, Dana, you can speak to this specifically too, the way that they film every neighborhood that they're in in L.A. is like the most extravagant, elegant part of L.A. like you've ever seen. (laughs) And then realistically, like, a lot of Vanderpump Rules and like West Hollywood is the same. Oh, <laughs> is the same location. My God, I was like, girl, who are you trying to fool right now? So, for anyone who doesn't know how reality TV works, you can't just go to your regular spots like the places you actually kick it because they have to get many approvals to film wherever. So, a lot of places we like hang out at, you we can't go to, and so you, they have to get creative sometimes and like. I saw, I saw at least three that I was like, oh, we 100% film there. Yeah. Like, I'm like, they got approval. That's why they're there. They would never hang out there ordinarily. I saw them at, like, Farmhouse. We had um, Stassi and Kristen's book party at Farmhouse, and I was like, oh, yeah, I know her. It's <laughs> it's so funny. And it's like, I was just thinking of, like, you know, Tom and Ariana's original apartment where they couldn't turn on, like, the air conditioning at the micro- and the ma- microwave at the same time. And then they're selling the same city as, like, the woman whose father is responsible for all of the wars in the world also lives here. And I'm like, right. wow, this is two wildly different versions of L.A. A hundred percent. I thought that was so funny. I totally noticed that, too. So we have the... Kelly and Andrew relationship, which we have to unpack. Oh, my God. I cannot wait to talk. Okay, again. So this is the only thing I tweeted about. And I'm like, I try not to, but I'm sorry. I can't. I cannot wait to talk about this. the Kelly and Andrew stuff is like 
I felt like suddenly I was just like throttled into a different show. Yeah. Every time they were on screen. I was like, I'm loving watching all of these amazing parties and these dresses and let's go to Paris and go shopping. And suddenly Anna is, Anna, Andrew is like verbally abusing just Kelly accosting in a way that her. like, oh my God, made Tony come into the room and see if I was okay when I was watching. You're like, show. no, I'm not okay. What do you fucking I, think, Tony? Yeah, I was like, this is, she's being destroyed. And if this is, and with a, in a show that felt so like really produced and manufactured to me, I was like, how can this guy be willing, if this is like amped up theatrically or, or or fake, why would Andrew be willing to do that? Also, I buy that Andrew is psychotic. Like I don't know. You, you could you could, you could fucking see it. You could hear it in his voice the way he called, and I'm sure he wasn't like in the moment he was so heated. He wasn't like, wow, this is being recorded and in nine months the world is gonna see this. And the way to me it was just so controlling and manipulative and like I mean that to me is escalating behavior toward toward an abusive situation yeah. and and something that's really unhealthy and he was just like so mad she was trying to do something nice for him and explain it and the way that he was like do you even care about blah 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 and I'm like this is not the first time he's acted this way you can just tell no way and he fucking the fight the first fight was about they fly to Paris and he takes a nap and she gets she like goes shopping with Anna and he's mad that she didn't wake him from the nap. And I was like, that's so nice. The amount of fights I've gotten in with Tony where I do wake him up from naps to hang out with oh, me. Yeah. And I was like, please, God, I wish you let me sleep. It would be very kind of you to let me keep sleeping. Imagine being invited as a guest on a private jet to a private shopping trip in Paris and then screaming at the reason why you're even invited in the first place in that way. That is so insane. The well, fact that you're not coming from gratitude in that entire situation is like definitely emotionally abusive and for sure like red flags for possible you know physical abuse as well well and also yeah. they you're you're right like Anna copped that like did something super nice for them and the way like you're being disrespectful to her too and also like but I'm glad that Anna got to see that and was like okay something's up like you can't be dealing with this however Spoiler spoiler alert, I did someone responded back to my tweet about his psychotic praying in the guest room of their therapist appointment and said that they are they she posted something the other day and they're still together. And I'm just like, girl. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a little it's it's not a little. It's extremely disappointing that like the end of the series, spoiler alert, is them getting back together and her being like, I just realized I wanted to go home to him. And that awful like throw up in my mouth shot of him opening the door shirtless with his (sighs) skinny ass Power Ranger retired body. Get the fuck out of here. Oh my God. Can I just say that one of my friends auditioned to be the red power ranger and watching the show i couldn't help but think like my friend is such a bad better catch than this guy and kelly could have been with my friend um is your friend single like he's not single anymore but when i was watching the show i was like he should have been cast and he should have had a shot with kelly and her life would be better but they they everyone chose wrong here basically well i just think it was it was and it was like crazy to watch that whole thing unfold and like so let's jump into the the therapy session and the praying like mm-hmm. he's so manipulative the therapist separates them at one point because it's so clear that he's like he does he does the bad behavior it it pushes them apart they go to a therapist and it, the cycle starts all over and every time he does something bad he just goes but i'm going to change i'm going to change i'm going to do what it takes i'm going to change blah 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 and then I like I literally my mouth dropped when he was praying in the waiting room. I'm like, you're doing the fucking most right now. Cool it. Yeah. Oh, it was that it was scary. The therapist separating them was like a scene straight out of the first season of Big Little Lies. Like, it's not a yes. good sign when your therapist asks your partner to leave the room and then says, I'm concerned you don't have a plan to get out of this. Like, that yeah. is a very si- serious situation. Oh, yeah. And also, yeah. Then the therapist is like, don't worry. We're not going to talk shit about you. Just like go sit out there. I just want to like chit chat. And then she's like, get the fuck away from this guy like ASAP. And we do need to talk about she's in this horrible relationship The very first episode, she very quickly describes her ex who ran the biggest text message scheme in like the history of the Internet and is in jail for like robbing millions of dollars from people. (laughs) 
This is this is I know this is the same woman. She's like I was married to this really rich guy, and we flew around the country in the in the world, and we were like just like living the crazy rich lifestyle. And then I found out that he was running a text message scandal, which I can only think is like those you know you could get a text message that's like this is from Apple. Log in here to change your password. It's got to be like he was running that, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I thought it was on uh, when she first started describing him. I was like, "Were you married to the Fire Festival guy? Like, what is this?" <laughs> so I because I don't recall ever hearing about like because that sounds like a big story, right? So like when it broke, yeah. it, I I don't remember it, but I it must be like a phishing scam. Like you said, like they send some weird login, you do it, and then they steal your identity. So like tight, you're a bad person. Yeah. <laughs> And you got that point, you got to go, I might not have like the best taste in men. So maybe I should double like think about dating this. Oh, my God. You know how much evaluating I've done lately and like what I mean, (laughs) what I talk about in therapy in terms of that. I'm like, maybe it's me. I've just realized that like maybe I'm not picking so well. And I'm like, you need girl like you should go to your own therapy and figure out why that is for you. And just, yeah, like maybe take a look at your history and be like, there's a little bit of a pattern here. It's not great. I just I I've been in relationships that are no good and I've done a ton of therapy and you know have tried to improve my decision making and I just when I see women in these situations I just think to myself like you have no idea how much energy you're spending on managing the perception of your relationship to everyone in your life and once you're not doing that anymore you're gonna be so much more relaxed like it's like whatever you think is going on and whatever you can tolerate behind closed doors within your personal relationship like watching her lie to everybody about whether or not they'd been talking or hooking up like just knowing that no one was going to be on her side about any of this it's so upsetting we've all either had a friend who's doing that where we're like we can't say anything because it'll fuck up our friendship whatever and I'm just like I wish for every woman to free herself from all of these dynamics yeah, it's so, yeah, you would feel an absolute weight lifted off your shoulders since you're like, oh, I don't have to let this control me, even when he's not here. Like, she's so controlled by everything that he is forcing onto her. Yeah, yeah for sure. Should we talk about uh, Anna? Yeah, we need to talk about this penis pump. Well, okay, wait, before, because that's going to be more of a conversation, I need to just ask real quick. So it was mm-hmm. Kane who did the first introduction, right? He's the rich one that's, like, really good friends with Kevin that they went to. Yes. Okay. So... Kane, I'm not, I'm not shaming at all, but I do have to ask, does he have cheek filler? And I say this because like I get, I'm open. I get lip filler. I get Botox. So like no shade at all, but I'm just curious. Do you guys think he has filler in his cheeks? I feel like he has to, right? I, I think he does. I, I really think he does. There's something like, it's almost like trying to spot a pair of fake boobs to me because I, it's one of those things where you're like, yes, yeah, you could be born that way and your face could be that way, but it's so symmetrical it's like so like they both match so well that I'm like is that that feels manufactured to me I, I and feel like is it, has it filler, filler or implants it's filler Can oh you it get would have to be implants? it would have to I feel like it would have to be filler and also that's like the thing right now right at least in LA because we're fucking bizarre here but like it's like cheek filler and the threading eyebrow thing to like pull your eyebrows back to make you look like Bella Hadid. Honestly, I didn't realize how fugly I was and the other day I did it like I just like pulled with my fingers and I was like oh <gasps> I could be so much better looking. Like, uh, this I is tell you, like, I don't really like that. That they basically like inject that part of your eyebrows to keep it up, right? It's like a cat eye sort of like face pulling lift. your skin back at your hairline. I don't right? like that look. I I just feel like it's it just looks like. Well, I you can have tell that you to, did Alyssa. You have to like no, it. I am pushing yeah, you have to now. fucking like it. Like all the things. Well, no. And I think like there's a line that certain people have to define. Like I wouldn't put any other filler in my face and I wouldn't do that personally. But like I think that sometimes it does look good and sometimes it can be overdone. But yeah, when I saw him, I was just curious about it. No, it's distracting, and it's a great question. It was one, also one of the first things we texted. We were like, cheekbones, real, Ooh, not real. What's there going on? There are older pictures of him online. I just looked it up. And so it does look – it looks like there was maybe some weight loss. Here's the other thing that I will say, and I would love to talk to you guys about this because I don't know, like, what resources to turn to. Mm-hmm, you could mm-hmm. do some crazy shit with fillers. Like, you can basically make a new jawline. Like, I've seen some stuff on Instagram where they can, like, move it around and essentially give you a new nose without doing a nose job. There's only so much of this I can watch because – I'm very scared of needles and shit like that. But so it uh, there's things going on. There's like procedures happening, happening. Like I didn't even know about the Kybella shot until it was on Vanderpump Rules. And so I have no idea like what the options even are. Um, 
do you like when people when you see like Kendall Jenner's jawline is different is that from fillers I think it's a serious Mm -hmm. combination of filler and medical procedures and one of the crazy things too like if you look back at you know early 2000s like who was considered hot and what was considered you know desirable back then and then you look now it's like the surgical and injection movement has really changed what we value in in you know women's beauty it's it's such a new it's like a very elevated level of fucking unattainable beauty too because it goes from like you know in the 90s of just these like dangerously thin supermodels and it's like that's unattainable beauty like we shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be like starving yourself to look like them now it's also like unattainable beauty and that like I just can't afford the Kardashian plastic <laughs> well, surgeon like no, I can't the, attain that the pro- the problem with that is that people then go to other people like it's so important if you are going to go that route that you go to someone who knows what they're doing and is using the right stuff and then people try to cut corners with cost and end up like having serious fucking problems so and I'm I, what I'm curious about I actually got um like half like I actually I didn't have that much filler on my lips but I got a bunch of it removed and like I like to just look like me but a little bit better and I, I don't like people to look at me and be like oh she has filler in her lips I am very curious because this is such a new thing like I think people in the 90s or whatever were getting lip injections, but it's just not what it is now. I'm curious in 20 or 30 years how everyone will look who had been injecting shit in their face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a good question. So how anyway. How do you get filler removed? Um, it was fucking painful. It like hurt worse than oh. getting it. They um, Speaking of needles, yeah. I um, they It's a solution that like dissolves it. So I oh like had them do it like on the top of my lip and like the outside bottom that was some old filler that I had in there and honestly they look so much better and I'm like yeah this is what I want to look like I don't want to look like that but again to each their own no shame to anyone I get it and the it's like a fucking rabbit hole because there's so many things you can do now that it's like it's a slippery slope right in terms of like all of a sudden you start with a little filler and then you have the eyebrow threading thing and next day you're Catwoman. like it's just strange (laughs) I love hearing about it though because I feel like nobody really openly talks about the option bitch I will never lie people and also people like yeah I'm just natural and I'm like uh no you isn't so like (laughs) takes one to know one girl like anyone who knows me I'm super honest I have four veneers my front teeth like I'm really open about it because I think that that is so toxic and part of the problem that like the Kardashians really deny a bunch of shit. And it's like, girl, like Chloe right now, like her, there's obviously been something done to her chin and the way that they just say like, this is just how we grew up or whatever. Like it isn't. And you are perpetuating this unattainable thing that then you're saying is just like everyone else's you know like just ugly and lame and it's like no we need i i wish that 2021 everyone who's getting shit done and is in the public eye should be honest about it it's fucking well, it's whack it's really really tough for me to see the collagen powder that chloe kardashian is pushing <laughs> i love chloe i she's my favorite of the bunch but i am very very frustrated by that because i'm like that is it's it's just wrong of you to like to be spending so much money on all of this plastic surgery and then telling me to buy a fake powder with like I, and I'm going to look like you. It's it's stupid. So JLo stupid. JLo pulled that the other day. She was like clapping back at a troll because I also listen to comments by celebs and their podcast and they're great. And she was someone said like something about like, come on, be honest, you've gotten Botox or whatever. And she was like, nope, I've said it a million times, never gotten Botox, never gotten injections. Um, JLo Beauty, that's the secret. No. Like use that, whatever. And then she's like, if you use that too, JLo Beauty and being kind, like try it out. And I'm like, okay, girl, I believe her that she hasn't gotten Botox or fillers. But the thing is, she has the the most expensive facials yes. every fucking week yes. and treatments and yeah. lasers, lasers and dietitians <laughs> and personal trainers and I'm like you don't fucking come out with a skincare line and be like put this on your life and you're gonna be better like you're gonna look like me like bitch I could never even on my best day could never look like J Lo on her worst most hag like appearance like that is just <laughs> never gonna happen no matter how much J Lo beauty I use okay. And her JLo beauty is basically, I went on like a big Reddit dive of this the other day. It's basically just olive oil. Hard to talk about JLo right now without mentioning any uh, (laughs) suspicious Bravo drama that's happening, but we won't get into it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also she, um, I heard this the other day. I didn't know this. She doesn't drink apparently. 
which also oh, like that's yeah. that has uh, so much to do with like drinking ages the fuck out of you now is that gonna stop me from guzzling no. rosé live your life you gotta live your no. life like i'm trying to be more balanced with all that but it's like yeah you also like don't drink so you're basically a hot nun like you... it's everything it's like you <laughs> have good genetics nun. you have a team of people you have money you have access to treatments you're not drinking all of that stuff it's not just one of those things you know um okay anyway sorry we got so off the topic we were about to go in the penis pump let's talk about it oh yes okay so so one of the also weird, this actually felt like one of the few plot points that didn't feel super like planned and written and produced is that Anna Shea has a party, uh, Kane, and then, um, oh gosh, who's the hot DJ? Uh, Kim. Kim Lee. Oh, Kim. yeah, Kim. Kim. Yes. Yeah, she She's is just like fucking so hot. Gorgeous. It's, I, it was, in, it's psychotic how beautiful she is. Yeah, she is just breathtaking and like just so beautiful. And uh, they like go like running around the house. She finds in Anna's shower because they, by the way, they went into her shower to see her hair products because her hair is so bad. They were like, her hair is awful. What is she using in it? Let's go look at her shampoo. And I was like, all for it. I was like, I do need answers about her hair. But when they go into the shower, they find a gigantic penis pump. And then proceed to get so grossed out by it that they throw it out the window and onto the spa party that Anna is hosting. I... The only knowledge I had of penis pumps was Austin Powers based. And so I Googled, yeah. like, I didn't know it was a real thing. Like, what is a penis pump? And it apparently is for erectile dysfunction. Like, it's to get someone hard. And I'm like, look, oh. if she's getting down in the shower yeah. and her partner, like, don't kink shame. Like, it's not even kinky. Like, people need, if you need help, you need help. Like, I bet all of us have used lube in our life. Like, don't lie. And you, to throw it outside, like, even if it grosses y'all, I thought that was, I thought that was trashy as fuck. I was like, you guys, like, don't, why are you trying to embarrass her? I am happy that you educated us, though, on what a penis pump is, because I really thought it just, like, enlarged the size of an already pumped up penis, if you will. And that freaked me out. Like, the idea of just stretching a penis, which is what it is in Austin Powers, right? Is that why I think that? Yeah, I think that's what it is. And I also think he kills someone in that fashion. Like, can't get away and he's holding a penis pump and, like, sticks it (laughs) on over the pants and is like, pump, 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 pump. So I was like, again, I need to do some Googling. But, yeah, I thought that was fucking lame. Like, you've already gone through her things, which, like, let's not lie. Going through a drawer is fun at someone's house at a party. Like, I've done that before. And you're just curious about other people. But to do, like, it just embarrassed her and I thought that was I would be so mad like I have weird shit in my drawers especially in my bedroom and I'm like yeah I wouldn't love if I like hosted people to have a nice spa day and they went through my shit and like threw my Lilo vibrator out on the grass for everyone to see it's like (laughs) no that was rude and I was just proud of Anna for pulling, you know, like, like good for her she's fucking in the shower like hell yeah um I have I'm basically like celibate not by choice like it's just been a long winter we're in a fucking pandemic and I'm single and it's a nightmare and I'm like yeah get it girl yes queen like you're obviously having sex with someone in the shower iconic like you you're getting down so good for her so um okay what else happened that was a major thing oh my god I, I think we mostly covered it right it's ironic how we've been able to like talk so much about a show that basically nothing happened <laughs> yeah. right N- did nothing you guys, i guess here's a good question did you guys feel um some people had the feedback that they didn't feel like there was an emotional through line to the show did what did you guys think overall of like how connected you felt to the stories i think this one was kind of like a little campy and surface level for me so yeah there were there were some emotional moments and things that were compelling but like i i would agree with that summation yeah, I mostly, I mean, and I was along for the ride when I thought that the show was mostly just like a lifestyles of the rich and famous type of yeah. thing. Uh, so it would, I would feel sort of suddenly like blindsided by a plot that would be like, I'm looking for my biological father. And I'd be like, oh shit, is this the same show? And again, with like the, everything that was going on with Andrew and Kelly's relationship, I was like, this feels different and scary. So it definitely, I think... That is an issue with it. It needs to find its footing as a as a reality show. And it could have, you know, like even that proposal at the end, it didn't feel like there was a lot of momentum to get there. Like even the, even the big plot points that we kind of like wrapped up in the finale, I, I wasn't super invested in because I was thinking more about like the penis pump and the mouth massages and things, which is fine. Make it that show, you know, right. just keep doing the 
extravagant parties and having your necklace wars and like giving everybody orphans in another country like do that I, I'm here for that I, I would love to have like one storyline that had a mystery that we were tracking um, I just felt like it was too many different little stops and starts with things some felt fake some felt real some felt like they came out of nowhere um, it sounds like this show went through a bunch of different iterations um, where they like we're going to make it one thing and then they tried to turn it into another more popular thing. I do like I did really enjoy seeing all the extravagant riches and closing down Rodeo and all of that kind of stuff. So if I think they can set themselves apart from other shows if they stick with that world for sure. Yeah, I mm-hmm. that's I feel the same way. Like maybe they learned a lot from doing one season and I hope that they kind of figure out their voice and their theme and go with that. And also and I will say like the thing with Kevin and um Wait, Kane? no, no, no. The oh, uh, Kelly. Andrew Kelly. Mm-hmm. The thing with Kevin and Kelly, it felt so forced and generic. But I will mm-hmm. say like people thought the situation I was in on the season I was in was forced and generic, but it like truly happened the way it looked. <laughs> and like people were like, that shit ain't real. And I'm like, I get how it looks that way. So who knows? Maybe he did really like her, but it felt like he was just like trying to get in the mix. So I don't know. I hope That's they find their footing point. and I would watch it again. That's that's a very good point. I feel like he was probably like, I'm down. And she's like, is this a joke? Yes, (laughs) absolutely. That's the exact conversation that happened. Speaking of season twos, Dana, when is your podcast coming back? Okay, so I'm actually right after this going to like record a quick thing and upload it. So I, um, I've made a like pretty big life change that I'm not necessarily ready to talk about yet. Um, but it has consumed a lot of my time and I just can't commit to doing an episode every week and having it out. So what I've decided to do instead of totally getting rid of it, cause I do fucking love it. And the people who listen are amazing and, um, I don't want to keep seeming so inconsistent is I'm going to do it as seasons. So cool. I'm probably going to, over the next few months, try to get done like eight episodes or something and then put out a season two and so on and so forth. Fuck yeah. So oh, that's so exciting. That's that's how cool. that's how I'm going to do it. Thanks for asking. I feel like a total flake, but I'm like, y'all, I've got a lot going on right now. So I'm just going to basically say that and hopefully the seasons thing goes better. Exciting. And you still, you have a, a, a healthy amount of really delicious episodes that everybody can still go listen to. Yeah. Um, I mean, go tear through them if you haven't. And I'm, I'm going to do a combination still of like interviewing and solo episodes. And I brought back on my IGTV, I have a series called wine to me and it's basically where I get hammered and answer people's (laughs) problems. And I, I just really miss doing that. And since COVID is so scary in LA right now and I'm a hermit and I do nothing, I just wanted to do it and it was like really fun. So I was like, I fucking miss this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to do them twice a month. Yes. I love that. Those are so fun. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I always love table flipping. It's iconic. So we got to do it again sometime. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, guys.